0: It is high noon on the west coast and 3 p.m. on the east coast, and I am your host just like the intro said. Today we have the the privilege of speaking with uh, a professional, an insurance broker based in the Sacramento metropolitan region who has done something phenomenal, uh, number one. But that's not the most important thing that my guest today, Greg Marshall, insurance broker, has, has, has accomplished. But I will tell you that what Greg has done with a with a recent sale is equivalent to someone selling a house in San Francisco that is probably worth a couple of million dollars. And I will let Greg come on the show and talk about whatever he wants to talk about. He doesn't want to obviously mention any details of of his transaction to protect his client, but. The other thing I want, to, want Greg to uh, talk about, and I'll ask him these questions. I, I just gave him a brief overview of what the questions were, and I'll let him answer these questions any way Greg wants to. But Greg has delivered on something that a lot of people, a lot of salespeople are still working through, and that is developing a sales process where, where Greg and others… You know, People in sales who, who get to the same level as Greg, these people can go through a sales process and predict success. So without further delay, I would like to introduce to the 321 Selling Without Appearing to Sell show, Greg Marshall. Greg, how are you doing this afternoon?
1: I'm doing very well, Sarah. Thank you very much.
0: Great. Greg, so I want to – like I said, I, I kind of gave the, uh, the listeners – um sort of like a brief brief overview about what you accomplished so in your own words you know take as much time as you like what happened over the last probably three to four months in your business well it has
1: actually everything's kind of unfolded because i've been doing this for several years and of course with your trainings it's just been a process and the process i'll just we'll just jump kind of right to the deal uh, to the uh, the uh, the case that I just uh, completed and that's now this has been going on this has been over the course of two and a half years maybe three, three years building the relationship now I didn't know them and so as a friend <laughs> you have to be able to separate your friendship from when you're in business and yeah. but they knew I was in in this profession and but I never talked to them really about what I do it wasn't until I'll just kind of jump to the chase they, it was they eventually got divorced and I knew that divorce was probably and they knew their divorce was pending. And so the when they were separated, there was a lot of questions she had in particular about what to do with you know about, with money because no one really teaches you about money. and certainly in their relationship that really wasn't discussed. He pretty much took care of most of the of the money. So just during that process is really about me educating her. And I knew both of them. I, you know how it is on divorce. You like both, but, you know, you, you got to take sides, if you will. And so she did not really know much about the process. He did all the investing, although she took care of a lot of the household bills and so forth. But he took care of a lot of the investing and all the other and a lot of the business details that they were in and on all the real estate that they owned. So it really wasn't she didn't really know a lot. So when. When a divorce happens, of course, you're on, you're on your own. <laughs> so I knew that was going to be a factor. So part of what happened when I started the relationship early on uh, with the business relationship was the just ed, just educating. Education was really the important thing, and uh, just but not being salesy. I didn't even say I didn't mention anything about selling or buying anything or anything like that. Just basic. Uh, offering, uh, you know, just kind of that that element of of kind of predicting or uh, kind of preparing her for the future of what to kind of expect. And so I'll Mm -hmm. just kind of fast forward a little bit more here. Let's say uh, to to the divorce, which happened August of last year, that was the official uh, day of their departure, officially. And so now she's really kind of stressing because, you know, there's a lot of things going on now. She solely responsible for all her bills she's responsible for the rest of her future so she's i will i will volunteer her name her age but i of course volunteer her name but she's uh, 62 oh just still young and a lot of longevity in the family so i knew just from me kind of thinking how i would kind of approach this without discussing anything with her is that i knew she needed longevity now at the time of their divorce they also sold the big old house so this is in the East Bay, uh, near kind of near San Francisco in California, which is kind of a more expensive area. And so the sale of that big house, the splitting of the assets, and and all of that, there was an influx of money, a lot of money that became available. Now naturally, uh, all the friends and family and and investor, uh financial people start coming out of the woodwork <laughs> to approach her. You, about do what you think? Says, do you
0: think they come out of the woodwork when money's when money's around?
1: Yeah, they. Uh, there was a lot of them. So yeah, interesting, of course, her friends. You know, uh, kind of, you kind of know who your friends are during when you go when you get divorced, <laughs> and who they. Mm-hmm. And when you have a lot of money, and when you don't have the money or you don't have a relationship, the friends go away, but all the other predators, if you will, come to your to your side. And so one of the things that, she, of course, she was just getting a barrage of calls from you know all of her well her friends or whoever acquaintances referring people to her. Oh, you got to talk to so-and-so because he did this and da da or She did this or whatever. And so the thing with me <clears throat> is I never said anything about what she should do. I was just, I was her, in this case, I was her friend just to kind of support, and you know, going, you know, I've been through a divorce and I know what that's like. So it was just it was really the whole relationship building process. And then the business relationship process is just it's kind of a dance. You know, you just, you don't force the issue. You just, you just know what the person's going through and then everything that you taught about you, but in sales, you are positioning yourself as well. So not, not in a manipulative way, but you're just saying, Hey, you know, i want to make sure that she's protected as a friend. I want to make sure that she survives this unscathed. Because they, they had both of them had invested in things kind of like Bernie, you know, made off <laughs> kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, because they promised them big money and every single one of those investments they did fail. So that's in the back of her mind as well. All these people that are saying, oh, you can earn all this kind of money and you can earn 14 percent and do this and do all that. And I just try to comfort, I mean, just kind of educate her again that you just have to be careful of these deal because none of these deals that they're talking about are guaranteed in any way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. And so just be careful that it may sound great now and they may be able to get you that good you know, high returns, but will it last 30 years or longer because she has longevity in her family. So we have to look at not just the now, but we have to look at the later as well. So part of my position, again, just educating her without any, I didn't, I mean, it didn't matter to me if I got any business from her at all. To be quite honest. I just wanted to make sure, as a friend, that she was down a path that was going to, you know, not be, uh, you know, a cliff, <laughs> a financial cliff gotcha. at the end. And so, okay. But then, well, here's my here's my sorry, next me, question. I just, wanted, I just wanted to set that up. How that actually came to be, and I can talk a little bit more about it.
0: Okay. Well, I want to move to I want to move to what happened to you in your in your sales career. So. In a, in a few minutes, or like three to four minutes, how was selling for you four or five years ago when you first? Now, so you're from? Now you used to be an engineer or construction.
1: At construction, a general
0: contractor, electrician, and all that. Okay, so you were a general contractor. So that meant when you when you worked in general contracting as a contractor, you attended all these sales classes as part of the, your construction training, right? Uh, no, that was uh, – no, I didn't take it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so, no. so how was selling for you when you made that transition from working in the construction industry So, and, and then you know a few years later you're in the sales industry? What was that transition like? Well, uh,
1: I'll just jump to – so I, I never I – toward the end of my uh, construction career, I well, – or probably halfway through, I didn't advertise any. I just got – it was just all through word of mouth. And of course, we know word of mouth is one of the best forms of uh, marketing yourself, uh, and the most flattering because if people refer you to others, that means they trust you. And so, that is. So I kind of used a core. i correlated my uh, my construction career with my financial career in that people trusted me. They trusted me with their keys to the house, the alarm codes, the heck I was practically their babysitter, you know, for their kids when they got out of school, if I was working on their kitchen or whatever. So that's a lot of trust, you know, you gotta have in somebody. And so that's really, so when I was transitioning from construction into the financial world, because I had done, I was doing flips, so I was already kind of in the financial world in terms of investing and all that it was of course 2008 2009 kind of changed that uh, <laughs> that landscape and but i was always i was always i was beginning to position myself probably for this career and early on and but there was no sales training It was no you know i couldn't rely on knowing what to say when i got into this new industry because i didn't know anything about the industry other than just becoming a client first and then as a result of that I was talking with my friend that got me into the the product that I have now. And he said, hey, I had mentioned that I wanted to get out of construction because I was old enough to where I was beginning to feel it physically. And I didn't want to be crippled, you know, the rest of my life. I continued on. But I was young enough to where I could make a change. So I was able to transition. Now, I would never have thought about transitioning into this industry just by itself. It was kind of, you know, through my friend. And through you know a few other things uh, that I transitioned, but at the beginning I had no sales training whatsoever, and so mm-hmm. that the early part of my financial career was uh, quite rocky. and I'm surprised I actually even survived <laughs> to be here today, uh, because doing all the wrong things obviously is what a lot of uh, young sales people do uh, does not result in sales. <laughs> and it result can result in a lot of hardship and heartaches and disappointments and frustrations and and no money in the bank account. So uh, I don't know. I guess I'm, I am rather tenacious and persistent and perseverant, and that's just my nature. So that's what enabled me to continue. But with when you, of course, when we started our training and realizing, wow, there's there is actually a system <laughs> and a procedure and a process to, to, uh, sales and to, you know, still build relationships because I was, I still had the relationship building thing even when I was in construction, but that did not parlay or transfer, you know, laid into sales or money, you know, from uh, getting into this industry. So that is what, uh, so that transition was a little rocky, uh, just because, uh, you know, now there's no money coming in. <laughs> and so, and, and what when you're working by yourself at this point I did have a business and a business partner and all that early on but that fell apart when I'm not working I wasn't getting paid and so that was not a good uh, (laughs) not a good concept and so with transitioning you know when I'm not getting paid in the uh, financial end either side that was a little rocky so really by necessity by survival I needed to, to, to learn these skills in order to be effective at not only making money but also helping the client and that also helping the client is the number one thing because the more people you help and help them you know throughout the whole process uh, the more referrals are likely to to get
0: okay okay well here's my here's my next question and you know I, I totally understand I, I think there's like a stat that says uh, for sales that it takes ten months of continuous, Sort of indoctrination. I like I like to use that word indoctrination for a salesperson to be up and running. Um, so here's my next question: What what parts of selling that you can identify today that you had uh, some performance challenges in the early beginning working in sales? What 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 can you identify? Is like this like the top three things that you can identify? Where you can say today, man, if I would have had this part right, you know, three, four, five years ago, I would have been further ahead.
1: Yes, indeed. So talking too much. Uh, When I'm working in my, when I was in construction working myself, I didn't have to worry about talking to my, you know, anyone because I just did the work. So, but when Mm -hmm. I was, and I knew what I was doing, I knew all the technical stuff and all the tools, how to use it. So the tools I was learning in the financial world, you know, there's a learning curve. And but the problem was is I, I felt felt that the more I knew and the more I said, the more you know impressive it would be, and the more likely somebody said, oh, Wow, this guy really knows what he's talking about, and I'm yeah I'm gonna buy. It. Uh, and that was not the case. Uh, so talking too much uh, was the big thing. Still is. I am mean, I still have to keep I have to watch that you know. To, but the key to what uh, where I am now. And I didn't cover all the three points. There was a multitude of points, way more than three points. But I would say the biggest thing was was talking too much. And of course, when you're talking too much, you can't, you're not listening and you're not Mm -hmm. able to ask questions and actually, you know, really get into depth as to what that person is looking for. So that was probably the single most uh, important thing uh, that I've changed since then. But let's say second to that would be, uh, well, just not having a process. You know early on before we started, uh, you know, the, the student teacher relationship uh, with the in the shirt uh, and the sales process, I did not have a process. So, not to mention talking too much, and not really even, even if I wasn't talking, I didn't really know what I was doing, and what direction to go, and 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 also, you know, objection handling that type of thing when people say things. You got to get into a little more depth as to what they say instead of taking it on the surface and say, "Oh, okay. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you for your time. Or you know, kind of giving up, if you will." And so those are probably the top three. Uh, and so now is uh, remarkably different because I do have a process. I talk less and ask way more questions and listen.
0: So, so let me ask you a question, a follow-up question. Let's say you're out, you're meeting with somebody, you're meeting with the prospect. Because I, I always say they're not a client until they until they agree to do business with you, what type of emotions that did you or your client or, at like your client and yourself, what type of emotions or what goes to your head when you meet with the client and you don't have a process? What kind of things did you experience? <laughs>
1: well, anxiety for one because, you, I mean, obviously at that point… You're, you are desperate because you do need money. So there is that element that you, you know, we can't deny. But I think you know, the people can sense that desperation. And even though even though my motivation really wasn't just the sale, it was still to do right for the, the client. But mm-hmm. because I wasn't doing right for the client because I didn't know what the client wanted or needed, mm-hmm. and, and I didn't necessarily have the skill sets to really know what you know, the best option or solution was for them, that created frustration because and anguish and more anxiety because if, if yeah, I didn't that's get the a sale, lot, that's a lot of
0: adjectives. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. If I didn't get the sale, that was not going to be good. Cause I, you know, what do you, what do you, you can't pay rent and, you know, or mortgage with, you know, a hope and a promise. Uh, so that's in the back of your mind, which it really shouldn't be because it is clouding your effectiveness for the client customer. And so, that's really the outcome is that it was just going into it without any confidence that I was going to do the right thing for the client but also the confidence in knowing that probably I may not if I don't if this doesn't go through I'm not going to get paid Mm -hmm. Uh, you know and so so it was really just the 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 fear factor uh, and the desperation factor that having to you know you have to make this deal happen (laughs) Yeah, whatever cost. But but then at the same time, I'm doing all the wrong things, which I was just sabotaging my own my own results.
0: Ouch! Ouch! That's that's yeah. that's a that's a great word to describe what happens when you don't have a like a set way of doing business. Um, so my next question is, if you had to divide, you know, have you have 100 percent out there, and you had to divide. Uh, some of the percentage to what you know, like all the things you know about financial services product, and put the other percentage, the other remaining part with the process. How would you split those those two up, like some for the process, some for the production?
1: Okay, yeah, let's see. I would probably go at least 80% on the process of you know building the relationship… Asking the right questions, those types of you know, so it's it's the sales process, mm-hmm. and then 20% is just the knowledge of the product.
0: Okay, so why, would, so why so so, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you finish because I think you might answer the next question that I have. But go ahead.
1: So it's like you know, I, I realize that I don't need to know as much as I oh I do know a lot, but I don't uh, and I don't vomit that information on my clients anymore. Like I used to do, mm-hmm. uh, but even with that, I, I don't need to know as much as I need to know because I do use the I do have re- other resources I can u- utilize whether it be from the uh, particular company, from other you know resource whatever the resource is I can utilize their strength and their knowledge base to collaborate and work together to make this work. So I don't have to to know as much. So I don't need to spend as much time if you will, not, I shouldn't say wasting my time, it's not a waste of time, but I'm not going to consume unnecessary brain cells to, you know, put encyclopedias worth of information in my brain, but I don't really need to. I need to focus more on, on the client or the customer or in this case, my client. And so that's, that's the shift. I'm shifting more, probably even more than 80% on just the client, really getting to know them, understanding what their need is, and the only way you can do that is ask more questions and really get mm-hmm. and start kind of, you know, layering and, and or I should say peeling back the layers of the onion, if you will, to get into really what it is they're looking for. Because mm-hmm. most of the time the clients will, will they tell you exactly what they're looking for if you ask them. Uh, but mm-hmm. on the surface, the words they use, you may not necessarily get it. that, But when you get into the emotional part of it and, you know, it's talking about their family, talk about this or that, what's really, you know what's their pain point if you will uh, and they tell you what the pain point not me asking for it that's when you start getting into really what they need so if you if I hadn't done that I would be in a I'd go in a completely different direction and that's not really the direction they needed to go cuz that's not really what they were feeling which is the, you know mm-hmm. maybe the opposite direction and so I would say 80 90% uh, you know on just the relationship building and then really can no more than 20% on just the, the product knowledge is that what you're asking me
0: yeah, so, so let me ask you this, this other counter question. Before you before you had a system of selling, what happened when you put 80% of the time in product knowledge and 20% of the time in uh, building that relationship, building that rapport? What happened two, three, four, five years ago when the numbers were flipped?
1: Yeah, well, I was smart and broke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much
0: sums it up. <laughs> Smart and broke. Yeah. Literally, that's
1: literally. I, can, I don't have to say anything more to that. That's literally the result. And, and then, but the, but it's not about focusing on me. It's but the, also my the, my clients that I had, uh, or didn't have actually. <laughs> it turned out to be, they didn't benefit from what they could and should have benefited from as well, because mm-hmm. uh, you now they may have gotten you know, they may have gone to somebody else and hopefully took care of that. I, I really yeah, I thought he wasn't really educating them enough to where they get, you know, mm-hmm. so the bottom line is is they didn't all, the client also, I failed the client really is what it comes down to. And so mm-hmm. the advantages, the benefits that they could have had if I had actually done it, you know, the correct way, they would have been in something that they would be able to benefit from, you know, today, in fact. Uh, but because that did not, did not materialize, at least not with me. Uh, they may be in the same position as they were before, which you know could hurt them later if they weren't in a you know in a place where they you know had that protection or you know whatever it is that they were benefiting from. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah, I got two more questions. One is kind of related to that. So would you say, and I've heard this before, but i'm gonna, I'm gonna get your opinion on it. would you say that when you met with people and let's say you were you' were working in a eighty percent product knowledge mode, twenty percent, uh, build a relationship mode. Do you think that you may have helped the next salesperson close the deal if they came in with a <laughs> <Yeah. they, laughs> if they yeah, came in man. with the with the better sales system, sales process, more uh, client uh, or prospect fo- focus?
1: Yep, I uh, I did the machete work in the jungle or the bulldozer work. They you know, get all the dirty work out uh, done for them, and then they just. Uh, just kind of stroll behind and and took care of it. Yeah, no, without yeah. question. Which yeah, that, is good. That I'm is glad. Like, I mean, able yeah. I feel better that at least they got the client got benefited. I mean, it may not have been for me. That's fine. But as long as they got benefited. But if but then the, the person coming behind me may not have offered the same benefits that I would have had access to, which would have been bad because then they the client's still not really benefiting as well as they could have.
0: Okay, so, so now I got another yeah. follow-up question. <laughs> and yeah. So confirm this, if you can. Would you say that sometimes the person with the better, uh, the, the salesperson with the with the better salesperson process or client relationship building skills, and, and and an inferior product, would do better than someone that had the more superior product but had a crummy relationship uh, uh, process? Yeah, and there's a, unfortunately a lot of products
1: and companies and so forth out there that are extreme. They're masters at marketing mm-hmm. and sales. They don't have mm-hmm. a very good product, um, and then of course you have those like myself and some of my colleagues and so forth that have access to very good products, very useful, but we but don't have didn't have at least I shouldn't say. I can't speak for other people. I can't speak for myself You know, prior to me getting to, to where I am now. Uh, great product, service, and, and benefits, but a crummy sales process. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, so the personal skill sets are going to,
0: to sell a lot of stuff
1: regardless of whether that stuff is good or not.
0: Gotcha. So my, I have like we have about two minutes left. I want to ask you this one question. This is going to be one that will, 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 gosh, I think, relax you and just prepare you for the future. So, how do you feel now about your business moving forward? Very confident.
1: Confident, yeah. So, don't the, the knowledge, and I still acquire. now. I'm still studying, like you wouldn't believe. But I don't. I don't. But I do that for my confidence level, especially as I get into the higher net worth market. Uh, and it creates my and my competency increases, and my attitude. I go in with the air of. You know, let's make this thing happen. You know, I already, I'm gonna know what they're gonna need because I'm gonna ask all the right questions. You don't care how much money you have; you still have your that emotional tie to things. And Mm -hmm. so, with that, I can go in very confidently, especially the 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 the, um, what I'm working on now with the high net uh, individuals, uh, high net worth individuals. They're just like everybody else; they just make a lot of money. So I have to take them off that pedestal and not make you know revere them like they're, they're gods and goddesses. They're just normal people like you and I and everyone listening mm-hmm. and just treat them they, they have a need and I'm gonna find out what that need is and I'm gonna help them you know create solutions for that.
0: okay so here's another question for you um, since you are I think you do have a, a hiring component in your business you hire you sometimes you hire people do you think having a, a process for selling, also that also applies to when you're you're hiring people do you think there's a process for hiring as well as a process for selling
1: yes absolutely and it's a still really the same process of asking questions it's kind of like an interview if you will but really getting mm-hmm. into deep not just asking the surface questions but really allow them to like kind of paint a picture of what they're looking for where they are now where they want to be you know and kind of you know just give you some details as to, you know, if you could orchestrate or direct your own movie, what would that look like? What would the steps be, processes? What would the outcome be? And then I'm just helping mm-hmm. to facilitate. And okay, so, yeah, I would say the process is really the same.
0: Okay, well, well, I like to always let my listeners know that Greg Marshall is a live person. Because <laughs> sometimes mm-hmm. people say to me, well, gosh, where do you find these people that have these great sales processes? And I, I say, well, well. first of all, I met them you know, a couple of years ago, and they, they've added some more uh, talent and more training to their practices, and now they're doing very well. So, Greg, would you mind giving your direct phone number for anyone, whether they're looking for a product or they want to talk to you more about your experiences?
1: Sure. The era code 916-533-3999, extension 3. All right, and get one more time. Yeah. Yeah, 916-533-3999 extension 3.
0: All right, Greg, I want to thank you for being on the show and uh, thanks for all the information and make it a great day.